1: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Today's guest, Scarlett Rugers, typically concentrates on book design and general support for those looking to get published. However, she also suffers from occasional and severe bouts of anxiety. The topic that we're going to talk about today, this whole issue of managing anxiety while managing your business. Now, firstly, just thank you, thank you, thank you for um, agreeing to share your knowledge and your experiences uh, and indeed your tips today with the community because it's it's a big thing and i wonder if uh, perhaps to get us started could you just give us a little bit of a snapshot what what's it kind of been like for you where what have you had to deal with yourself in the development of your business whilst um, alongside that managing your own anxiety what's it what's it actually been like for you
0: Um, well, firstly, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I think that, um, in the course of my research for chronic anxiety and depression with small businesses, the amount of information out there is quite limited. So any opportunity, happy to help. But, um in regards to myself, basically, I didn't actually realize that I suffered from anxiety at all until maybe 2009. And that was thanks to my fiance, Mike, who suffered from it as well. And I identified the fact that As a child, when my parents separated, um, I used to leave the house to go to school and my mum would have to go off to work. So it was just me and her. And I'd walk maybe 10, 15 metres up the road before I became a a total crying mess. And I Mm. couldn't understand it. I didn't know what was happening. And I just had to run home to be with my mummy. And I couldn't function. I couldn't go to school. It was a major shutdown. But of course, my mum didn't know what was happening. I was too young to know what was happening. And this sort of shutdown then transferred itself into other things as I went into my teens. And um, I started working at ANZ in 2008. And um, I was there for about six years, but I did notice a consistent pattern of having to take sick days, one or two days a month. And like, Mm. that's very consistent and obviously always brought up by the team leaders and a real sense of shame. And I just, I couldn't understand it because I would wake up and I couldn't go to work. I just could not physically or mentally get there. So that was just a general pattern that happened throughout my life. But um i decided uh to take on design around um 2005 i think and um from there it it just grew into my love i just love okay. design and and i just so in, I,
1: at this point in, in no way were you necessarily um starting or having thoughts to start your own business as any means of combating um, this condition that you had, but it was just no. coincidentally something that you wanted to do. You felt a desire to to get started yeah. in your own business. Okay.
0: Well, um, my whole life I've wanted to be. I wanted to be a writer. I've been writing since 1998, and I realised, um, you know, when I was at ANZ, um, that I was like, oh well, I don't really want to be here for the rest of my life, and I don't think writing's going to cut it. So what do I want to do? So I listed down all the things that I wanted to do and I enjoyed doing, and that included photography and Writing and Photoshop and all this stuff, and it turned into design. So, Mm -hmm. um, considering my brother had made it as a freelance designer, I decided to take that step. So, there was no connection whatsoever. I was at ANZ. um, I was suffering anxiety, but I just have a desire to live in a creative field and and work in a creative field. So, from there, Come to about, I think, uh, 2009, I decided um, I was going to quit ANZ and I was going to try it. Uh, full time Mm -hmm. and I bombed. I bombed so bad. I took out a loan and um, all the money disappeared very quickly into rent and the anxiety really picked up until I finally realised that I had it and it was at the point where I couldn't leave the house. I was losing friendships, Um, you know, social anxiety. absolutely
1: everything ground to a halt.
0: Yeah, everything ground to a halt and it was just me then trying to figure out, okay, I have to get on Centrelink. They require me to apply for this many jobs. And even that was a struggle, trying mm. to get my creative business up off the ground, not knowing where to find clients. And then, uh, you know, Centrelink obviously saying, well, come on, let's get some money. You need to get some money. And so, mm. lots of triggers happening. Um, I must but- say,
1: just to stop you there for a second, looking at what you do today, you know, not many years later, uh, the position that you've you set yourself up in um, and the, the the way that your your business is now running and the caliber of the work you do. I mean, it, it's, let's just leap forward a bit. It's astonishing <laughs> what, th- you. what you've achieved. So how did you do that? I mean, how did you get from this this person who couldn't get out of bed, couldn't go to a meeting, couldn't yeah. do anything? How have you done it? And importantly, how do you continue to manage it so well?
0: Um, it's got a lot to do with patience um So much of my anxiety has to do with expectation and thinking, well, if I can't do it now, then I'm not going to do it at all. Like, it has to be either at a 1 or a 10 or even an 11. There's no in between. So, um, there are a lot of different elements about running a business. And finally, you know, in about 2011, um, after suffering chronic anxiety um, for so long, I a friend of mine asked me to do her book cover and um, obviously, I was a part of the writing community in general. I always have been. So, um, I was really honored that she'd asked me because ever since starting design, it was a field that I really wanted to get in. I'd, I'd started in web design um, and I knew coding and, and web design and, and then I did packaging and stuff, but that wasn't for me and I really wanted to do book cover. So, when she mm. came to me, I was like, yes, let's do this. Let's go. I'm so for this. And thankfully, she was a part of a huge self publishing community forum called um, The Kindle Boards and she gave me the thumbs up there and before I knew it, I had heaps of work coming in. So, from there, it was a real... Balancing Act because the moment that started in November 2012, I was still on Centrelink. I'd begun to go to therapy and work through um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that in combination with trying to get off Centrelink but also realizing that I couldn't go back to a job like ANZ where they required me to be on the phones all day. And like that was just an environment I wasn't suited to. And I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of people realise that. They think, well, you know, everyone does it, so you should just do it. But no, there are actually some environments that you're not suited to and you're allowed to say no to. So, um, it was just a matter of doing the work to a point where, okay, that's my limit and then healing and uh, working on techniques that helped get the anxiety under control so that I have what I've got today, pretty much.
1: Mm. So, that's... Uh- again to people to people listening here and clearly this is a very very personal story and a very a a story of you combating uh, you know horrible horrible um uh you know feelings and 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 sentiment and 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 as you say you went through therapy and you have cbt which you know clearly has given you some skills but to somebody listening then who's perhaps not they don't see themselves in the situation that you're in but they are yes to a degree they are they're they're having anxiety they're having issues yeah. where they're very feeling very stressed about work there are i'm sure there there are some things that uh, some skills that you've picked up um that would be useful to those people you know and and should we have a look at at some of those how you've actually some some of the kind of strategies that you've adopted yourself to pull yourself from say from this very very um debilitating difficult situation to Mm. where you are now because it's you know, you've, it's wonderful that an opportunity came to you, you grabbed it, it, it exposed you to a whole lot of other clients. But that's not, that's not the answer, is it? That doesn't suddenly knock anxiety out the door. Presumably, no. you know, with a lot of work can come a lot more anxiety. So what do you do today to, to manage um, how you are and, and th- that feeling that if, it's, if indeed it still comes to you of, I don't want to work today, I don't want to get up today. How do you manage that?
0: Well, let me also just be clear that this process has not just come out of the blue and mm. like it does take time and I think that we read so many self-help books, we buy so many small business books, we watch so many webinars with the hope of, of you know, something suddenly changing our lives that it becomes overwhelming, there is information overload mm. and... um. you've know, you just got to trust that there's going to be something in the back of your brain that as you keep going through those books and the seminars and the webinars, that one day something's going to click and it's going to happen. And that's what all of my different elements, that's how they've all come together because I've got a little snippet here and I've got a little snippet there and it just fell into place and it just worked well. So, um, I think the the first thing, the top top thing, would have to be to stop multitasking.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I can I hear
1: was, a lot of women going, "No, no." I know,
0: I know, I know, I know. But look, I was working 16, 18 hours and I knew that I was going to burn out eventually, and I had, I would have nothing left. So, I stumbled across something, and for the life of me, I can't track it down. Mm but it talked about the negative effects of multitasking. And it basically said that nobody is good at multitasking. We're not supposed to be multitasking. When we multitask, we end up doing 18 different things simultaneously at a 10% effort and we get maybe 20% completed. So, um, half the time I forget what I'm doing and it's Slips under the radar and before I know it, I've forgotten to buy dinner or um, there's a client that needs special attention or, you know, if you're preparing for a pitch tomorrow and it's taken six hours as opposed to one and you're still up at 2am trying to finish it. So, I decided to give it a shot. Um, I cut down from an 18-hour day down to an eight-hour day to um, just stopping, Facebooking and, and like, oh, I want I have to have Facebook open all day, it is something that I just have to have. So, I installed a website blocker on Chrome, which you could actually set in break time. So, I wasn't allowed to go into the websites that I specified because I know what websites I visit most. So, I mm-hmm. typed them in um, and then I got to manage on that. Um, I got that handled fairly well, so I do now what's called Pomodoro, yes, and that's twenty-five. Love that technique. Yeah, twenty-five mm. minute increments, and then you do two of those followed by a five-minute break, two again, and then a thirty-minute break. So essentially, you're looking to dedicate yourself to whatever you're doing for a two-hour stretch. Mm. I think that that's been suggested as the time frame that you can focus without um, truly deteriorating. Your yeah, yeah, mm. your mental capacity. So
1: let me just would- stop stop you there for one sec. I'm sorry. Sure. So you're saying that you introduced a, a plug-in to Google Chrome. Do you happen to recall what that was called?
0: It's actually called Website Blocker. So Website if, Blocker. Okay. Yeah, if you go to the Chrome web store, you just type in Website Blocker. It's the first hit.
1: Okay, fine. So and for those listening who aren't on Chrome, they'll be equivalent. So use a Website yes. Blocker too that basically stops you going to certain sites and Uh, except within certain times so that's a clearly a a very powerful discipline you then use what um, I'm very familiar with as well the Pomodoro technique which um, delightfully somebody introduced us to in the forums about five or six years ago and for anybody listening just put Pomodoro into the little search box on Flying Solo and it'll take you to that discussion and to a link to a, a pdf that fully explains the system and it's a brilliant system using a it little is. timer and I'm yeah. very, okay so and
0: chrome has a, a plug-in for that too they like they say to get the little pomodoro uh tomato timer and all that but mm. you can actually just type it into the chrome store again and up it comes
1: Fine, and I, I must say I've got a little app on my iPhone as well—a little Pomodoro app. So you've taken that's point one: stop multitasking. And you've clearly, Scarlet's been very tough with Scarlet, and, <laughs> and introduced some some very very clear clear strategies there, and they're yeah. working for you, obviously. They are, yeah. yeah, fantastic. Okay, next, what's your next point?
0: Um, next point would have to be time your tasks. So um, you know when we're talking about. Um, doing tasking. You know, one of the major symptoms of my anxiety was what they call catastrophizing. Mm. And that basically means blow everything out of proportion. It's thinking that everything is much worse than it really is. So, when you think what's going to take three hours will actually take 15 minutes or sometimes I wake up and I think all oh, my cli- clients hate me and they don't mm-hmm. or um, I think I'm not going to get any work for the next few months when there isn't, you know, an inch of evidence to support it. So, um, I use a program called Mavenlink and I recommend it. Unfortunately, I don't recommend their customer support, but the <laughs> Mavenlink um, project M-A-V-E-N? system. M-A-V-E-N? Yep, M-A-V-E-N-L-I-N-K dot Right. Magical. It's basically a project management system, and you can actually create templates, and that's what's been the main thing for me. But um, it will allow you to set tasks, and to put them in the calendar and every day you log in, it will have a calendar layout so that you know exactly what's due. But the point with this is that you must specify how long it will realistically take. So, you know, I do these actions over and over again. I know how long it will take to design this sort of concept, to do that sort of feedback, to fill out this sort of admin form. But, you know, when I wake up, I'm like, God, I've got 16 hours worth of work. But the moment you... Look at your to-do list and you have, okay, um, so you do a concept and that's going to take you two hours. So, you write two hours next to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got to do, you know, a Twitter feed blast or something and that's going to take me 15 minutes. So, you write 15 minutes and it really puts things into perspective and it calms down your anxiety so that the moment before you even work you know exactly what to expect and you realize it's not going to take you 16 hours mm,
1: that's a well and again i guess that's um first again for some people listening if they dive into that pomodoro technique to a degree that does that but clearly exactly. Ma- maven link takes that further and is that that phrase that you use there catastrophize i think that uh, a number of us working by ourselves um, fall foul of that to a greater or lesser extent. Yes. You know, I remember it's constantly working with, um, or regularly I should say, working with clients who say, oh, I sent this pitch off and I haven't heard anything and I think it's, you know, it's just, it's it, they, I must have overpriced it or I couldn't have been right and all mm. these ghastly things and actually in a number of occasions you find out, well, in fact… Your proposal was so perfect that the person yes. receiving at the other end <laughs> just has mentally ticked a box, like, yes, that's done, that's in the bag, and they've just forgotten to tell you
0: Yes, immediately,
1: exactly. you know, because it's not a priority because, in their mind, that project's been sold, so they're on to their next burning fire. Mm-hmm. They just haven't got round to telling you. And so often these things happen. But And as an example you said, all my clients hate me. I've not got, you know, the phone's never going to ring again. This is, um, unfortunately, are things that, that, um, that can beset the soloist. And so often I think it's, um, it's what we need to be doing is talking to other people. To, to what extent do you yeah. share? I mean, do you have sort of buddy groups or do you have little chats or meetups? Do you do, you do anything in that side of things to support you, support, support yourself?
0: Um, I do. I actually have a lot of friends um, who also suffer from anxiety. So uh, when I'm really down in the dumps or I'm having a hard time, opening up to them always helps. Mm. Um, but the most important thing for me has been to give myself the space I need to get through it. Because when anxiety kicks in, there's been the perception of, well, you just get over it. Go out yep. for a walk. You know, get happy. But <laughs> Um, it's, it's not like that. Anxiety is a trigger because there's something inside you that's fearing something that cannot handle it and you need to let that happen to an extent so that once you get through it, because you will, it's going to be temporary, it's going to hit and it'll hit hard, but once you're through that, you can then think clearly and go, okay, what was that really about so that next time it's not that bad. So um, the support groups help that. And, but like I said, when it comes to, um, anxiety and specifically small business. There's so much limited information that mm. that I, I've had trouble finding other small businesses or you know owners of small businesses that are suffering the same thing where we can all come together and really go. Well, you know, today I thought this happened and that happened, but actually mm. it was fine. So,
1: and look, yeah. and I guess the thing of, the thing is that not everybody will do as you have done, which is openly sit here and talk about it no you
0: know, there's a lot of, of shame involved mm.
1: Mm. so look your that was was that your sort of third your, you've talked about stopping multitasking timing your tasks so what i heard in there also is this this notion of giving yourself space that's clearly a key thing w- it is. within the treatment or within the, the way that you manage it
0: yeah and i know that that's not easy for everyone because it really it, comes down to what sort of environment are you putting yourself into, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Um, Anxiety and depression, as I said, it's the symptoms that we feel like catastrophizing and like waking up and not being able to get out of bed because there's something in us that feels broken. It's not broken, it just feels broken. And it's because there's something in pain um, that's hurting and that we aren't quite yet ready to face. And we need to be in a place of comfort and safety in order to face that. So, um, sometimes that means, you know, I I read this blog post the other day from Tim Ferris who actually openly spoke about anxiety as well. Um, and it was amazing. He was talking about the fact that although he perceives to be, he, he looks like this guy who is just, you know, a magnanimous superhero. Mm, can he walk on water and walk yeah, through concrete water. Absolutely. He has days where he can't get out of bed. He has days where he doesn't want to shower. He has days where he can't talk to people. And um, his advice and my advice is the same. It's You've got to let that happen. There are some days where he'll have his alarm on for 5am every day. But sometimes you've got to turn it off and mm. you've got to let yourself get up at 8am. At and that, you know, having these suggestions like stop multitasking and time your tasks and all the other things that I could suggest, it's all about working to your own personal cycle in mm. a way that will allow you to continue to run a business and not burn out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Very well said. So, talking of all these your other tips, let's move on. What, what's? Drinks. Where else would you go to after the multitasking, timing a task, giving yourself space?
0: Um, number three would have to be eat the frog (laughs) Um, there's a guy called Brian Tracy who wrote a book about eating that frog but the original quote was from Mark Twain who um, said eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day so that basically means doing the biggest ugliest most dreaded task first thing um, and then you have nothing worse to do the rest of the day but For people who suffer from anxiety, and and as you said, this isn't just for people who suffer from chronic anxiety, but even just the the tingling sensation of it. It's about... having the sense of satisfaction and pride of getting it done and knowing that once you've done it, you have the mental freedom to do whatever you need to do next, that there's not that niggling voice in the back of your head telling you to get it done. You get sucked down by guilt and you put it off more and more. So even though the first time you eat the frog, it can be terrifying. It just means um, pushing yourself through those inner barriers um, that refuse to be broken, and yeah. and just do it. Like like I said, you look at the to do list, you figure out all right, what's going to take me the longest time, the one thing that I do not want to do most, and you get it done straight mm. away. Yeah. don't even look at anything else.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I agree, and I think that um, that book by um, Brian Tracy is um, is is fabulous. It's so simple, it's an easy read. It's I, I can't. Um, escape the fact that I, I should just give a plug that anybody who is a, a premium member with flying solar gets a free copy of that <laughs> um but it is it's um it's a great read and um and it's certainly something that um i know a number of people try and practice that theory of just get that worst thing off your list and get it yes. done so yes okay fabulous um where to next
0: um the next thing would have to be email now, um, email has got to be the biggest energy vortex suck of all time ever. In every job that I've had, you have to have your email open all day. And for the first year that I did um, my business, I did too. I had it open all day. And Tim Ferriss talks about reducing the checking of email down to twice a day. I've managed to bring it down to once a day. So, um basically, I I read this somewhere and I always really liked it. The fact that when you have your email open all day, you're in a reactive mode. And that means that there are always people asking for your attention straight away. You constantly get interrupted. And again, influencing your streak of multitasking. So um, instead of being in a reactive mode, you've got to be in an active mode and you've got to set your own boundaries. So For me, my process is um, I turn to email only after all of my tasks on my to-do list are done. Um so I log into Mavenlink first thing in the morning I look at the tasks I do everything on that and then normally I finish it at around 2pm every day um and if it's not email still has to wait until it's finished so I may not get to it until 6 or 7 but at that point then I log in and I don't even look at the inbox yet I first email everyone that needs to be emailed about the tasks that I'm done so as a book designer, it could be that I've done two concepts that morning and they need to be sent off. So I do that first. Right. Then the email uh, inbox gets my attention. Um, some emails I can respond to straight away. Some emails are asking me to make changes to design work and that stuff goes on to tomorrow's to-do list. So I'm basically saying, you know, thanks, I got the feedback, I'll get this to you by tomorrow. Um, and that in turn teaches our clients, you know, about mm. – the structure of our days. So it doesn't matter that they spend 24 hours with their inbox open. It matters that we set up an environment, you know, as I was talking about Mm. before that's healthy and that allows us to welcome work and that encourages positivity and keeps our anxiety at bay. I I couldn't do email first thing because I know that the moment I open it, I'm so reactive and I'm like, oh, this has to get done and that has to get done. But I've already got eight things on my to-do list Mm. and I can't do it, so it has to be the last thing at the end of the day, at once a day. And I've been doing that, um, you know, for a year now, and I've never had a complaint, no. not from anyone.
1: Look, and I think one of the key points you said there is—is it—is it just lets your clients know how you operate, yes, as well. And I and I I do know, and I'm you know I am a client to to some of the people that work with us in our business. And you can just see if somebody's replying quickly and early in the morning, then, you know, you've got them. And uh, and 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 whereas if you're working with someone who's very clearly saying these are my or not not necessarily saying but demonstrating these are my procedures, this is no, how I work. No, but even
0: saying I in my email signature, I've written that I don't check emails until two p.m. every day, okay. and then Terrific. I link the the Eat the Frog book so that people know why. But um, they don't actually need to know why, as you said. Mm. Once you've got them, you've got them, and then they're expecting to hear you straight away. But mm. um, I, I personally like my clients to know what's going on with me so that they aren't in a panic yep. um, when I don't immediately get back to them. So, um, you know, if there's an urgent need, they can call me or get me on Skype, which is again in my email signature. But it says clearly, you know, I check it at 2 p.m. every day and then that's it. And, mm. and they know and it's over with. It's done. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very good. And as you say, you've done it now for, you know, over a year and yeah, no, yeah. no one's complained. Well, that's no. fantastic. Okay. Okay fantastic um um tips and and things you're sharing with us anything to kind of wrap us up on this topic as we get head towards the end
0: um i think there would probably just be two things and i'll keep them really simple that's fun so, the the second last thing would be um, something that I've picked up only in the last couple of weeks and it was from an e webinar um, called The Art and Science of Self-Management. So, if you can get the opportunity, go and watch it because it was the first webinar that I've actually seen about how to handle yourself in your day as a soloist and um, And the main, one of the points that they came up with was saying no. And of course, you know, you've heard it everywhere. And as I said at the start, you'll hear things all the time and you'll read things, but one day it'll just click. And what it clicked for me is that they said, you don't just have to say no to others, but yourself. You're actually allowed to say no to goals and, uh, you know, things that need to get done. So I am... A productive. I'm obsessed with being productive. I have to be productive all the time. If there's half an hour in my day that I'm not doing something, I'll look at my um, goal list and I'll be like, okay, well, what can I do now? And if I can't do it, it's it's that from one to ten thing. I I, I just won't ever get it done. So I've decided that I'm saying no to every single thing on that list on my goal list except for one thing. And I'm just going to focus on that one thing until Mm. it's done. And it's just, it blew me away because I'm like, well, okay, I've got 30 minutes. What's on this list that I can sort of fit into 30 minutes? And then you panic about that and you spend 30 minutes panicking about it. So, (laughs) um, it, it it just saying no to yourself as well as others is just as important. So, that'd be the second last thing. But the last thing, is the most important thing out of all of these and that would be um just to take action and that is um you know tony robbins said knowledge isn't power but Mm. applied knowledge is power and um again it was that epiphany moment that I've got enough information in my brain to fill eight books and <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. You know, I, I've i learned about small business and marketing and design and the whole shebang, but it isn't worth anything if it sits in there taking up space between my ears. Mm. The, you know, this point really envelopes everything that, you know, stop multitasking and do tiny to-do lists and saying no, but if... If you don't just take one thing and try it and actually do it, then nothing will change. It You, you can read a 100 books, but yep. if you don't actually try it's one okay. thing, Excellent. yeah, it won't change.
1: Absolutely wonderful. I've just had a quick look in the, uh, the art and science of self-management. There's some good articles on the internet I've seen about that from... Uh, the people at the E-Myth, wonderful Michael Gerber and others. Yes, so, excellent. Yes. If you can,
0: if you can sign up, it's one of the most, you know, enriching um, blogs that I've ever read. It's awesome.
1: Fantastic. Well, look, Scarlett. There's some wonderful, wonderful tips that you shared with us there, and I know that um, this is very much a, a an ongoing thing with you, and something that you clearly have to st- start every day with these procedures to manage. Um, your own um level of, of anxiety and I really compliment you on, on what you're doing and and clearly how well you're doing it because I say for people that go and have a look as I'm as I'm sure they will at your website scarletrouges.com that's S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T surname R-U-G-E-R-S dot com will see a wonderfully run business um with some very, very proficient work. Thank you. And also just to mention that
0: um, you know, even all, even though this is what's changed my life and has been able to allow me to run my business, uh, I don't know how long I'm going to have anxiety for. I may have it for the rest of my life. And there are days where I can't do a single one of these. Yeah. I'll get up and I'll open email first or, you know, I... I'll break one of these rules. And yeah, and the fact is, that's okay. Like I said, you've got to work within your cycles and you've got to let it happen, and and that's just a part of it.
1: Fantastic. And I know that somewhere on your list of things that you're working on is a book uh, on this whole topic. And um, I, for one, will really, really look forward to reading that book. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.